Special Teams Coordinator Kim Acor joins us now. We'll start with Mike Reese and then go to Phil Perry. Good morning, Cam. How you doing today? Doing well, Mike. How about yourself? All right. Doing well. Um, I actually was, um, I want to go back to one play from Sunday's game and, and just sort of ask your, about your expertise in this area. It was the punt that Denver had with 10.29 left in the fourth quarter. And you, you had Slate through the middle, and it looked like a, you know he was cl clean coming through, and he came close to blocking it. Technique-wise, everything like did he do everything he needed to do? Because he doesn't want to run into the punter, right? Like so, that's a he's not coming from an angle. So I was hoping you could just sort of take me back to it and sort of how you'd coach that up, you know? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of different little things to go through anytime you're you're scheming up a punt rush or you're looking at your different ways to attack a certain punt protection. Um, you know, but it goes back to the technique, like you're saying. Uh, the guys, you know, they got to do a good job of obviously staying off the punter. Um, and, and that's coached by the block point. So anytime a guy, a person's punting the football, you got to look at where he's finishing. So, you know, when you're going through that and you're studying that, is it nine and a half? You know, depending on if the punter is a three-step, a two-step punter. If he's just one step, depending on the situation and getting it off, it may be a little bit further than you're anticipating. So we go back, we look at, you know, is it nine and a half? Is it nine? Is it 10? You know, it's usually somewhere between that nine to 10-yard range is where the, the punter is actually going to make contact with the ball on his foot. And then it's the level. So anytime a guy is actually punting the football, when you look at the contact, you know, is going to be usually around, if you're standing up, usually right around your knee height to your quad area. So as you're coming through, you know, you don't ever want to reach up to block a punt. You want to go down. So as you saw coming through, we want to go down to the block point, putting that hand extended. And you got to do a good job of knowing what's that angle of entry to your point. You know, if you're coming in vertical, you want to really stay vertical. You don't ever want to cross the, the punter right there. If you're coming in at an angle, then you may have an opportunity uh, to cross the punter right there through the block. So it goes back to knowing what down, what's the distance I have to get to, and then what's my angle of point of entry. So as you saw there with him, it was more vertical. That's why you ended up running vertical right there past the punter. And now uh, one hand or two hands, Cam, on that? It, it depends, and in all honesty, on how clean you get. We work both because um, you never know depending on your speed. Can I twist my body and get both hands back across? To the block point or is it just one so depending on that and the, the blocking techniques that get bumped off you know a lot of different things as you're coming through line scrimmage determine if you go one or two and we tell the guys with repetition you know every look at it possible that way they know all right if i come in this way and clean i don't want to slow down because you can see he came pretty clean uh but you know it's hard to block punts in this league so you have to everything's got to time up perfectly all that type of stuff so you know, you don't ever want to lose speed to redirect your body. So it all depends on the, the speed and the tempo he's coming through with. Next up, Phil Perry, then Alex Barth. Hey, Cam. Wanted to, to ask you about um, kick returns because we saw uh, Gunner take a few back uh, the other day and a couple, you know, you guys ended up being tackled, I think, in before your own 20, one of them, he ended up with a good return. Is How much goes into that, you know, in that moment, whether it's Gunner or um, whoever's making the call to actually bring the kick out uh, to make that decision? Is it just how deep he is in the end zone or the hang time of the kick? 
or the 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 score of the game even does that does that factor into it um you know from the layperson's point of view it's hard to to figure out when it's a good idea to bring it out and when it's not yeah i think it's all situationally based um and that goes back to whether it's film study before the game you know what you're seeing um you have to factor all that in determining whether the ball is the too deep is it not too deep is it the hang time you know th those are all factors and it's you know they got to do a good job back there um you know judging the hang and, and how long is the ball in the air um you know anytime the, the biggest thing for us is we just got to keep repping that um there is opportunities out there um we've got to improve on that because our, our number one objective is obviously to put the offense that's an offensive play is the way we look at it to put the offense in a good situation um we haven't you know we got to continue to improve on that and and then get better in that phase because there is going to be opportunities um, we got to take advantage of when they do present themselves and when you determine when to come out and not come out that's just a situational and like you said it's it could be the weather it could be the hang time it, it could be just the specific time and situation of the game when or when are we not going to bring him out thanks Kim. next up alex barth then nick o'malley hey cam i'm wondering what you see different from jake bailey this year i know during training camp I think it was Matthew Slater. One player said that he he noticed he'd worked on his toolbox and built up his toolbox in the offseason. And whatever he did, it's obviously working. He's playing very well. But I'm just curious what you've seen different from him. You know, he, he's done a tremendous job of, you know, taking strides from year one to year two. Um, and I think it goes back and it's a credit to him, to his focus. And every day, the way he approaches every week is a new week. You know, he definitely looks to every week as to what I can improve and continue working on his craft. And he approaches every day that way. And, and he's really attacking um, each day um, and getting better. And, and he's doing a good job of handling the situations that are presented in the game and, and communicating. You know, he's really made strides mentally as well as physically, you know, to improve himself. And you know, just got to continue that consistency. That's the biggest thing is it's a game of consistency. And we got to continue to improve on that and continue to get better and, and continue the path he's on because he, he's definitely done a been dependable and done a good job for us to, to this point. He's just got to continue that. And the way he's approaching every day and going about his um, his business and everything, he's doing a really good job and, and should continue doing that as we move forward. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll go to Nick O'Malley, then back to Mike Reese. Hi, Cam. I wanted to, there was a lot of takeaways from Sunday's game about the offensive defense, but I wanted to uh, ask about your perspective as a special teams coach watching what was going on on the other sideline with the Broncos coming out and hitting six field goals and coming out to win the game. It's rare that you see that special teams putting out the entire output of a scoring offense in a win. As a special teams coordinator, how was it watching a, seeing a special teams unit come out and be the entirety of a, a, a team scoring offense in the NFL? You know, uh, you know, credit to them. They did a good job, uh, obviously. And then anytime you put the your units out there or, or anybody puts their units out there on the field, um, your, your objective is to get points and then or or take away points. So, you know, um, get games, you know, that's what in this league, they're going to be decided by one to three points every game. So any opportunity you're given to put points on the board or try to take points away, you know, you got to do the best you can um, to either prevent those points because when you look at it, you're really negotiating on a field goal, not three points. You're really negotiating um, a potential, you know, where you can make a block and now you're taking three away and then you go score. It could be a 10 point. It could be a six point swing. So 
every time you go out there on the field, you know, you got to look at it as, hey, we're preventing points or we're trying to get points out there, you know, and anytime special team units do well, you know, just gives you something, you know, it shows your production and everything. You got to just keep improving on it, though. Thank you. Go back to Mike Reese and then to Bob Stussy. Kim, I always like to try to look ahead to get a perspective of what the next opponent is, Coach Hightower and their special teams. Uh, how do they sort of present some challenges to you? You know, they, they do a good job. You know, Hightower's uh, been been doing it a long time um, in this league. You know, he's been there at 17 as the coordinator. He's done a really good job for them. Their units, they play fast, they play aggressive. You know, they do a really good job. They've got some different guys that use the returners back there, but you know, they're consistent. That's the biggest thing. You look at them, they're consistent, and you know, it's going to be a good opportunity, a good challenge for us to go out there and produce against a team that's been productive over the years. And last question to Bob Susi. Yeah, thank you, Michael. And Cam, this is a piggyback off Mike's question. Robbie Gold has been one of the best kickers in this league, like Brandon McManus. You know, from day one, a guy that the, the Pats are familiar with, Bill's familiar with. Uh, first, your general thoughts on him. And, and number two, in a game, while you're watching your guys through warm-ups and determining what their range might be in, in the conditions, do you have any input when it comes to the opposition? Who has the eyes on the opposing kicker uh, and, and what kind of range he might have on that particular day? You know, um, you know, Robbie's obviously one of the one of the better kickers in the league. That speaks for itself. Um, as he's going through, you can see how productive he's been throughout throughout his career, um, and then how quality he does, and it's, it's consistent basis. I mean, he's consistent year in and year out, and that's a credit to him and, and his work ethic. Um, as far as like the pregame, the postgame, you know, I've seen it two ways. Um, eyes on our guys. I've seen our guys, um, you know, miss every kick and then make every one, you know, um, in the game. So. You know, you don't put too much stock, in all honesty, in my opinion, on the pregame. You know, it's more so what have you seen on the film going into the game. Um, and then the conditions is the main thing you consider is where's the win factor? Is it holding the ball up? Is it not holding the ball up? Is it a certain way? That'll be the more of the judgments on game day than it is actually the leg strength or not the leg strength. That comes more from the film study and just knowing your players in general. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Okay, I think we'll end it there. Thank you very much, Cam. Thank you, everyone.